This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, July 30th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. Freeing trade in medical necessities has become more important during this pandemic. Cato's James Bacchus is author of the new paper, Trade is Good for Your Health. We spoke earlier this month. At its most basic level, how should we understand the relationship between health and the ability to engage in trade? Being healthy is very often about being able to have uh, access to medicines and other medical goods. Trade is critical to that, both domestically and internationally. Uh, For many decades now, international trade has been critical uh, to medical health in terms of uh, increasing the availability of medicines and other medical goods and uh, speeding their spread worldwide in the pandemic with COVID-19 and now it's various uh, variants, uh, we're seeing all the more the uh, inescapable connection between trade and health. What did uh, the U.S. government do uh, to make goods, uh, you know, critical goods uh, needed to deal with this pandemic flow more freely? Well, up until a few months ago, the United States government did virtually nothing uh, to uh, make goods flow more freely during the pandemic. The situation has improved uh, somewhat uh, under the new administration. I, I think that's for two reasons. One, the attitude of the new administration is different, but also I think, uh, practically speaking, and now that uh, a great many Americans have been vaccinated and doses are available to those Americans who have not, it becomes easier politically to uh, be more generous in supplying uh, vaccines and other medical goods worldwide. Um, We're still not, in my view, doing nearly enough in working with other developed countries uh, to make certain that uh, all those who are so desperately in need of COVID-19 vaccines worldwide get them sooner rather than later. I fear for the consequences, not only for the people in those countries, but for the people in the United States and other developed countries who will see this uh, come back and uh, and uh, bite them in the proverbial backside. Uh, uh, the pandemic is not going to be over until it's over everywhere. This is uh, a basic health lesson. And this makes uh, enhancing international trade and medicines and other medical goods all the more urgent. Uh, So far, uh, not only the United States, but uh, uh, none of the members of the WTO have been able to come together through the World Trade Organization to do anything to lower barriers to trade and medical goods since the pandemic began. And uh, this is uh, shameful. So what about medicines? I know Scott Lincecum uh, here at Cato has has done quite a bit of work pointing out that the uh, development of and dis- and creation and manufacturing and distribution of vaccines was a globalization uh, victory, that it was a, a story that we should keep in our back pockets when people uh, poo-poo globalization. But beyond that, um, where do we see some of the biggest impediments to allowing uh, medicines to move between and among countries? 
Well, Scott is uh, absolutely right, as he usually is. Uh, he and I are very much like-minded uh, on these issues. Uh, and the discovery of these vaccines is uh, a tribute, yes, uh, to international cooperation, uh, but also to uh, uh, individual innovation and uh, cooperative efforts at innovation. Liberal market capitalism, if, if you will. This is a great example of how uh, it works at its best. Uh, the uh, impediments now are largely in terms of uh, supply. Uh, they're in terms of uh, production and uh, distribution. A, a well-intended, but in my view, um, misguided proposal has been made to the uh, World Trade Organization that the intellectual property rights in COVID 19 vaccines be waived. Unfortunately, in my view, the United States has endorsed this proposal. Uh, I see in the actual negotiations that uh, the Biden administration seems to be taking a more reasoned stand um, and not just playing uh, to a global audience. Um, the real problem is not intellectual property rights. Uh, uh, there's a shortage of vaccine doses in the developing countries of the world, not because anyone has abused uh, their intellectual property rights, uh, their patents in these medicines and uh, in the processes relating to them. Uh, the problem is a problem of uh, supply. Uh, it's uh, the need for more production uh, of uh, millions and millions of additional doses, and it's the need for better distribution uh, of uh, those doses uh, through uh, um, private supply chains and also through direct governmental action. Um, in my view, the uh, wealthier nations of the world should come together and simply pay the producers for uh, several billion doses that can be uh, circulated worldwide wide as soon as possible. In the end, that's going to be cheaper than dealing with the uh, uh, health backlash uh, of the continuation of the pandemic in our own countries, not to mention other countries. At this point, uh, the last I read, only 2% of Africans have been vaccinated. Uh, I read yesterday uh, that uh, the uh, medical experts are saying that Indonesia could soon face the same kind of devastation uh, from the Delta variant as uh, India did. Um, and, and yet here in Florida, uh, most people are acting like the uh, pandemic is over. It's, it's not. It's definitely not. And we need some sensible approaches to addressing you make note of this uh, in your uh, most recent paper for Cato. In November 2020, 13 World Trade Organization members working together on WTO reform called the Ottawa Group announced that they had joined forces to urge all WTO members to suspend tariffs on medical equipment, refrain from export restrictions on essential medical goods, implement trade facilitating measures in customs and services, and improve transparency in medical trade. 
those countries include Australia, Brazil, Canada, Chile, the European Union, Japan, Kenya, the Republic of Korea, Mexico, New Zealand, Norway, Singapore, and Switzerland. So the country that is uh, glaringly, obviously not there is the United States. Why? I, I have no idea at this point uh, what they're trying to do should be what the Biden administration advocates. Um, the Biden administration is generally trying to withhold taking positions on trade uh, in the first uh, year of the president's term. This makes no sense to me. And uh, it certainly makes no sense to me not to be fully engaged in trying to uh, free trade in medicines and other medical goods. The Ottawa group uh, is trying. So far, they've not accomplished anything, but uh, they uh, have the right idea. In my view, they don't go far enough. For example, uh, the Ottawa group is talking about uh, uh, a temporary uh, end uh, to tariffs on uh, medicines and other medical goods. I, I think we should simply eliminate them altogether and permanently. Um, in addition, uh, we need some real guidelines that we don't have now in WTO rules on um, export restrictions as they relate to medicines and other medical goods. Uh, there have been a proliferation of uh, these uh, export restrictions uh, during the pandemic. Many of these restrictions are probably legal uh, under the current WTO rules, but that doesn't mean that they're good policy or a good idea. Um, they are not. Um, so part of what the WTO members should be doing, in, in my view, is uh, making certain that uh, there are some real guidelines for uh, when uh, and under what circumstances uh, export restrictions on uh, medicines and other medical goods are applied and, and how long they last. Uh, other countries should be given notice. They should be given an opportunity to have their say uh, before the action is taken. Um, in taking these actions, uh, uh, WTO members should be required to take into account the uh, concerns and the impact uh, on uh, other countries. That's not happening now. Uh, that's supposed to happen with restrictions on exports of uh, foodstuffs under WTO rules. Why not uh, medicines and medical goods? Uh, there should be full transparency of all this. Uh, there's not now. Some of these restrictions are uh, resulting from indirect governmental actions through various contract uh, requirements and manipulations. Uh, and uh, there should be a time limit on them. Uh, there, these should be temporary uh, if they're ever justified. Uh, if, in fact, they can ever be justified, uh, they should not stay in place for very long. There, there are no rules on any of that now. Uh, in my view, uh, as I explain in, in my paper, uh, what the WTO needs to do is negotiate a medical trade agreement. Part of that agreement must be the elimination of all tariffs on all medicines and other medical goods uh, by all the members of the WTO. Another part of it should be new and real disciplines on the imposition of 
export restrictions on um, medicines and other medical goods. And the last part should be uh, further restrictions on non-tariff barriers, such as local content requirements and uh, and, uh, incentives and encouragements for having a a more mutual recognition and more harmonization of, of standards for the use of medicines and other medical goods. So far, they've made very little progress toward doing that. What prevents the president? I know during the last four years of uh, the Cato Daily podcast, we talked a lot about how for decades, Congress had delegated to the president a great deal of authority when it comes to trade. Uh, What prevents the Biden administration from just saying, hey, we're suspending a whole lot of rules uh, right now with respect to trade, and we want to get as many people vaccinated on this planet as possible. What prevents that? Well, I'm not clear that the president has the executive authority simply to uh, erase tariffs any more than I think President Trump had the executive authority uh, to increase them unilaterally. Uh, I think both would be an abuse of the executive power. Uh, it's the Congress that um, approves taxes, tariffs or taxes, uh, Congress can delegate to the president uh, tax-cutting authority in the form of tariff-cutting authority in specific circumstances. Now, um, the president could lead the charge in Geneva to conclude uh, a WTO agreement. Um, this would not uh, require separate authority um, from the Congress to negotiate such an agreement. We're already members of the WTO. Uh, But uh, if the result of that agreement uh, were tariff cuts and uh, new rules uh, regulating uh, export restrictions, then that could well require congressional action. As I think you know, I both served in the conference and, and also been in the executive branch uh, in the office of the United States Trade Representative. So I understand both points of view. But in the short run, your view is that because these restrictions exist, the, the U.S. ought to be, uh, in a sense, just buying lots of doses for to, to distribute around the world. And I think the United States of America, the European Union, Japan, um, and Canada and other uh, wealthy countries in the world should be combining their efforts uh, to um, provide funds to purchase uh, these uh, needed doses uh, from uh, the their ma- their makers and get them uh, to where they're needed most in the world as quick as possible. There have been efforts to put this together. That's what the COVAX effort of the WHO and, and others has been about. But it's lacked the full-throated support of all of the developed countries. And it's, and it's not received anything approaching the kind of funds that are needed to do this. Uh, it, it, instead of taking away the property rights of uh, creative people who have miraculously produced these vaccines in such a short time, 
uh, we sh should be buying their products at the public expense. And uh, as I said earlier, I think this will end up being much less expensive than dealing with the consequences if we don't. Because, uh, you know, no country, no one country can be an island alone in all this. Uh, the, this virus uh, and other pandemics uh, to come will, uh, will know no geographical borders. And um, we will continue to be victims of COVID-19 and in the future be victims of other pandemics uh, unless we uh, figure out the best ways of global governance to try to contain them. And simply leaving people in Africa to fend for themselves uh, is certainly not morally uh, defensible, but it also makes no selfish sense for us if we're looking only at our own self-interest uh, because it won't end the pandemic. James Bacchus is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. His new paper is Trade is Good for Your Health. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>